The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. Joining us in studio now, it's the chair of the Vermont Republican Party, Paul Dame. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Anthony. Good to be here. It's good to have you here. Good to have you back. It's been a little while. Not too long, though. But we appreciate you coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start out, Paul, with... Uh, I know you've got an event coming up. Tell us all about the big event that's coming yeah, up. Yes. So uh, this week on Thursday, we have our third annual summer barbecue. Uh, this is an event that started uh, a couple of years ago, uh, right after COVID, on Governor uh, Douglas's uh, 70th birthday. And it's been a popular event that we hold right here in South Burlington. And so uh, we're doing it again this year. So Thursday at 530, and folks can still get tickets. Uh, the early bird tickets are probably gonna we're probably gonna run out of them today. Thirty five dollars per person. You can get those at vtgop.org. And this year we've got an additional uh, special guest. Uh, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu is going to stop by. Uh, New Hampshire is the only Republican trifecta in the Northeast. They've got the Republican Governor, Republican Senate, Republican House, and so we'll uh, hear from Governor Sununu a little bit about what that's like to have uh, Republicans in control uh, in our neighboring state up here in the Northeast. And we'll get to hear why he opted not to run. He was, he was, uh, seemed to be really thinking about running and opted not to, although I guess he's basically said that he's concerned about there being too many candidates in the field. I know, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot to uh, talk with about with governor Sununu. So that should be interesting. Mm -hmm. By the way, by the way, just to put it out there publicly, anytime the Democrats, someone from the Democratic Party wants to come in and announce some event, they're open to do so. Yeah. So, um, Paul, what? Is, so you've got that coming up, and uh, also you have a, you have something else you want to mention. Yeah, too. so we're breaking news on uh, WVMT once again. Uh, as of two thirty this morning, we have up on our website a, a new contest that we are doing. Excellent. Uh, we've got a new contest. Uh, you have the opportunity to uh, win a ticket to the. Uh, Republican presidential debate coming up on August 23rd in Milwaukee. So you can buy tickets. Uh, You've got to be a Vermont resident and over 18 years old. Uh, And we're going to be selling raffle tickets between now and uh, July 17th. And uh, so you'll be my guest as the the chairman of uh, the Vermont State Party. I get a guest ticket. I'll be at that uh, presidential debate. I get one guest ticket and I am... uh, Send the, uh, you know, making that available to the people. We're going to do a fundraising raffle. So, uh, you can buy tickets for as little as five bucks. Uh, but the more you spend, the more tickets you get. So check sure. out the website, vtgop.org. And, uh, you can be, you can be joining me in Milwaukee to see the first presidential debate of the 2024 season. And that's going to be a big one. Yeah, it's it going to be, uh, the first one, first out of the gate. And we'll, of course, I'll be interested to see whether former President Trump will be in that debate. He's made some noise about not participating, but my guess is that he will end up being there. Yeah, I, I, I suspect he's going to be there. What do you think, Paul? He, he uh, has never really shied away from attention. Right. So I think any any place he can get a microphone and a spotlight, uh, eventually he's going to gonna gonna be there. Yeah, I, I I do think it would be that that's a that's a great uh, a great thing to see. You have one ticket, and you're gonna uh, you're gonna raffle it off to raise money. And yep. uh, whoever wins goes with you. 
That's right. Yep. Uh, they'll also be my guest at the RNC meeting. So we'll have the debate uh, that Wednesday night, the 23rd. And then we've got some RNC meetings. So they'll get a chance to see uh, what it's like to be at some of those RNC meetings. And, what is it like? Uh, you, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's encourage, it's can be both encouraging, uh, and disappointing because you talk to Republicans from other states, right? So yeah. I talked to the guys from Texas and Oklahoma, <laughs> you know, the guys from Alabama, like, yeah, every time we've got a presidential, uh, race, uh, the, the Alabama party gets $50,000 filing fee. So the, the candidate files with the party and the, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm jealous. And then I talked to people. And we have to actually pay them, don't we? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems like that. Uh, and uh, and then I talked to the folks from Hawaii, yeah. and they have one Republican senator. Yeah, you know, so it's it's good to kind of hear what other uh, you know state parties are doing. What's mm-hmm. what's they're running into uh, that's successful to hear sometimes things that are happening in California that pretty soon they show up in bills in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to hear uh, you know just everybody sort of networking and uh, you know putting the best ideas together to see how we can all improve our state parties. It's interesting. Um, yeah, we're going to, uh, we could take a quick break now, just two minutes, and uh, we'll be back with Paul Dame uh, from the Republican Party here in Vermont. 414-0303. This is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and Paul Dames with us. And uh, Paul's come a long way. We were just talking about a uh, big event, maybe 10, 11, 12 years ago. He was doing the coat check. That's right. got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We, I See? was when It was like me and like three or four other people were the Vermont Young Republicans. Uh, they let us do the coat check at the Chris Christie uh, event. And I just want to say, just for the record, my coat was lost that night, uh, and I have never had it retrieved. <laughs> and so now, Paul, I want to know what happened to my, Ooh, my yeah. coat. <laughs> no, but it just shows you. Look, Paul went from checking coats to mm-hmm. legislator, and now yeah. he's chair of the Vermont State Republican you Party. you got to start somewhere. I say this to the kids that work with me every day. You can't start out as the general manager. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, to me, this is one of the things that the great opportunities in the Republican Party for young people is there's a lot of opportunity. And uh, if you stick around, like I've only been in following politics in like 10 years, yeah. you know, and and to be a legislator and then be at this position in, in the party. There's a lot of opportunity for young people that that are willing to get involved and just and just stick with it. You've only is, you've only followed politics for about 10 years? Yeah, I mean what, what it, got you started? Yeah, well, <laughs> this is going to be a long story, but oh, yeah. I'll, I'll make it short. Um my my wife uh was in a really bad car accident in Romania oh, and geez. uh so I got to see what single health care uh single payer healthcare was all about and then that year we came back from that was when we were talking about it in Vermont and I said this is something I want to stay in my past, not be part of my future. Uh, I had also started following presidential candidate the campaign in 2012, and then I was getting involved uh, to the 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 convention. And then Don Turner wrote to me and said, "Hey, I see you want to be a delegate to the convention. Have you thought about running for office?" And I didn't know anything about like how the the legislative seats worked. You know, I knew that Linda Myers lived in Essex. I lived in Essex. And I'm like, I don't want to run against another Republican, but I didn't realize we're in different districts and there's one in single two, you know, in two member yeah. districts. So that's, that's how I got started. Yeah. All right. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Morning guys. Just a quick clarification. And then a question, uh, uh the answer is entire congressional delegation is democratic. Uh, Chris Pappas, Andy Custer, 
Team Sheen and Maggie Hassan. So it's not quite this red bastion that, that Mr. Ding might like to believe. Um, but my question is, um, House Republicans want to expunge Donald Trump's impeachment, which you kind of can't do. He was impeached. Democrats didn't impunt, expunge Bill Clinton's impeachment. I mean, it's not a thing. So isn't it just sort of playing to kind of the, the Trump derangement folks? Paul, uh, what do you think about the national Republicans in Congress trying to expunge the impeachment? And by the way, just to, you didn't talk about the national, the federal delegation in New Hampshire. You said that the governor and the two state legislatures, the House and the Senate, are the only two in the Northeast that are Republican. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's usually when I've heard you know the term trifecta is you've got the all of the governing uh, bodies of a particular state. So right. Republicans but the, control uh, right, but at the same time, yeah. he's right that yeah. they have the they have the two senators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't think you characterize New Hampshire as the red bastion. But it's all no, good. Well, I, I think I think it's certainly a, a red highlight in in a very blue district. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, we I mean, Vermont's the only other state that even has a Republican governor uh, in in the Northeast. And uh, so, I do think, in a lot of ways, um, it seems to. Well, I would say this is a New England characteristic, but you know, uh, like in Vermont, we like balance. You know, seventy eight percent of the people voted for Republican Governor Scott, and then they, we have an overwhelming majority right now. Democrats. So now, Paul, uh, but back, I do to his, wanna, yeah. back to the second part of his question. Yeah. Uh, so I hadn't heard about this, this expungement. Um, I, I tend to agree with the caller that like, it's, it's an impeachment. It happened. You can't really, you know, wipe out that, that record. So, um, yeah, but you also can't wipe out the fact that he didn't get, uh, you know, the, the impeachment was not successful. He wasn't, con- he wasn't so, convicted. He wasn't Some convicted, people think right. that impeachment means you were removed. Impeachment's the first step, and then you got to be goes to the Senate for for yep. conviction. Yep. Now, I do want to I want to ask your opinion on something, and it might I mean I don't know. Anyway, so it's like overwhelming. Like eighty percent of Americans don't want to see Trump and Biden run again. Mm-hmm. You've been here uh, talking publicly that you've got what you believe would be very qualified potential candidates to run, but if Donald Trump's at the top of the ticket. They're not interested in running right now. Um, do you see a path? I don't know. Every day it seems like it's the windows closing, and and a lot of people get upset with me for saying this, but I, I'm kind of, I'm done with Trump, uh, and it seems like I'm not sure where DeSantis is going. But there are some very qualified people that I would like to see on that stage. When you talk yeah. about being at the debate, do you see an avenue for anybody else breaking through? Uh, for the party, right I, now. I think so. That right, you, you've got to figure that the way these debate or the the way the primaries always start out is the person with the highest name recognition is always the front runner. Mm-hmm. That was true in 2016, and at that time it was Jeb Bush, right? Because he had you know his father and his brother had been president. The Bush name had been around a long time, so he started out with very very high poll numbers. And then as the election starts to play out, as you have a couple debates, and you know the, it gives a chance for the front runner to stumble and somebody sort of in the middle of the pack to kind of rise up, you know there, there's a whole lot of ball game left. So we'll we'll see how that all shakes out. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes. Good morning. Uh, first of all, Tim Scott for president. Second, since we're talking about Scotts. Um, last week on this program, Phil Scott, um, he said that the Republican Party has lost its way and that his idea of an ideal candidate that he would support in Vermont for, for a legislator is a fiscal moderate and a social liberal. 
do you what do you think your chances are of recruiting fiscal moderates and social liberals to run on a Republican ticket in Vermont for the legislature, which is Republicans are desperately needed or we're going to have more of what we just saw with vetoes meaning nothing. And let's put some context to this, uh, Paul, and then we'll hear Mm -hmm. your answer, which is the governor did get asked about that issue saying you don't, you don't campaign for a lot of Republicans. um, and, And therefore you're left with the numbers that you're left with. The governor didn't totally disavow that, he said, but he said it's not 100% true and it's saying that he does for certain candidates. So I guess the question is, and Rob Roper, by the way, has written an article about this, mm-hmm. um, but he's saying, making the same point, sort of, but he also says that the governor and the party and Republican candidates sort of need to come together. What yeah, What do you yeah, think? About yeah, that? I mean, I, I agree with that. I think there's... Uh, there's uh, both both sides could could do better on on bridging that gap and i think that the way this legislative session has gone has created a much uh a lot more motivation uh for that to happen i think that some of the animosity that there was towards the governor of the state party has subsided some of that is certain people who were very you know caustic have kind of left the the state party um, and and the people who are still there like recognize that Governor Scott has really saved our bacon on a couple things with with these vetoes, and I think he's earned a lot more uh, respect with the Republicans around by you know uh, vetoing the budget, uh, vetoing the um, uh, the the home heating tax, you know, recognizing that. He, He's he's doing what what he can with with the cards that he has. So and, and is it more on the governor to try to drag these candidates across the finish line? And I'm not putting this on you, Paul's party mm-hmm. chair, but because I know it's difficult to recruit candidates, that's not easy. But or is it on candidates to be out there making sure that they're doing everything that needs to be done, and that they you know that we have really high quality candidates doing everything that need that they need to do get to get elected. Yeah, I th- I think it's both, you know, I, 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 as I said the first time I was on after the election, I take a lot of responsibility for the poor results that we had in November and part of that was just recruitment. We just didn't recruit enough candidates. Um and when you you leave the ballot open, uh really you, you've got to take anybody that that comes on and only takes uh 25 write-ins to get on the ballot. So I think uh, that's something I've already started to do different this year. We're starting that recruitment process uh, much earlier and getting uh, involvement from some of our legislative, uh, our current legislators, and then uh, other people that are established in the community. So let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, hi, you guys. I I hope you can hear me. Yep. it just doesn't make any sense to say you want fiscal conservatism and liberal uh, social policies. It's this past year we have watched what liberal social policies have cost the state of Vermont, and it's not going to stop there. Uh, we'll be paying for every abortion, every transgender surgery from anyone who wants to come here from out of state, an outrageously expensive child care bill, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So it's, that, to me, is a fallacy, and, and I think the governor is wrong. Thank you. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I, I, going back to that characterization earlier, I, I think re- the Republican Party could be successful finding fiscal conservatives and social moderates. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to get so, you know, fiscal moderates and social liberals to run 
as a Republican, those folks would probably be more comfortable running as as Democrats. I will say um, that I I think that there is uh, there is a far better chance of the, of a Republican in Vermont, obviously. I think we we may have tipped the scales on fiscal yeah. responsibility. I I spent some time talking to people who traditionally uh, were far left people, and they are like, "This is insanity." Yeah, and so they their social policies are I wouldn't say liberal. I think a, more of a moderate social yeah. policy. Yep. but they have said that that it's just out of control, and I think. What what really tipped the scale for a lot of people, rural Vermonters in particular, mm-hmm. the clean heat uh, bill, yeah, yep. the legislative pay raise, <laughs> uh, and then and then you want to really know what has ticked a lot of people off, as far as what I've heard, um, the DMV fees. That yeah. you know, it's like it's the funny little things Kurt and I were talking about. It's the I, stuff that affects the people closest yep. to home. Yep. And you know, uh, and it's so petty. It is super petty. Things. They didn't need the money, and it's twenty six million dollars. And you know, if you live in rural Vermont, there's a, a lot of folks have a work truck. Okay, yep. they go to the dump with it. They plow the driveway with it. There's one vehicle. Mm-hmm. Then the, the the wife has one. Husband has the other to go to work, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know. So it's not uncommon for one family to have three or four vehicles and, and, and in a the issue rural I community. Have with the DMV fees, is, is like the governor said, like our legislators said, they didn't ask for the fee increase. Yeah. Right? Usually, fees are you 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 get DMV fees to pay for all the people at the DMV and the paperwork and all that stuff. And we spent eighty million dollars on a software program a few years ago, I think maybe Kurt, you were in the legislature at that time, that was like, hey, we've got to buy this big software program so that we don't have to keep raising rates. We do it, we keep rates low, and they're going to raise it. And on the heels, I just listened to the Dick Mazza interview from last week when I wasn't here, as I like to catch up, and he pointed out as the head of the committee in Uh the Senate that they said they didn't need it, and and Ken uh, Barlow said, why have a committee? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I think those are the kind of things that have really kind of tipped the scale with folks. Mm-hmm. Everybody, stay tuned because we're going to be back with more. It's the morning drive on FM ninety six three and AM six twenty News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and we are continuing our discussion now with Vermont's Republican Party Chair Paul Dame. And uh, before we go back to our conversation, just want to reiterate again, reiterate again, um, you know, Paul contacted me. I wanted to come on and talk about an event they've got coming up. If the Democratic chair or executive director wants to, we've had them on, but if they yeah. have an event coming up, they want to come on and talk about, all they have to do is contact me, Kurt, at WVMTRadio.com. And that goes for the progressives, too. Yeah, for sure. Everybody. So Let's have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, so all you got to do, if you hear Paul on, say, hey, why is he? Well, all you got to do is contact me. So, Paul, um, just to, I want to go into some other stuff, too, but I want to go mm-hmm. back to that the issue we were talking about at the end just one more time a little bit. But really what's important, it seems to me here, and I want to see if you agree or what you think, is that the Republican Party needs to have a big tent. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Where, like, there are pockets of Vermont that you can run as a conservative mm-hmm. and you can win, but there's mm-hmm. just not that many of them. So that it seems like in some districts... Okay, you have a candidate that's running that's pretty conservative. But there are some other districts that are, you know, conservatives going to have a lot of trouble winning. A really conservative candidate. Yeah. So that you need to have good candidates that maybe have some 
name recognition in their community. They're known for some reason or, or another. Mm-hmm. Have been very involved in their community, it would seem like. But in some of those communities, they need to be more like a Phil Scott Republican type. Because there's I, a reason why Phil Scott goes out and gets 78% of the vote. Yeah. I, I think this is one of the, the fundamental differences between the Republican and the Democratic Party. Is The Democratic Party is very uniform and rigid in terms of you have to subscribe to a very narrow position. So, for example, there was a Democrat last year who was like a little uncomfortable with abortions in the third trimester, but had voted pro-choice all the time. From Charlotte? Yeah, from Charlotte. Uh, And he got primaried and he lost. So there's not a lot of wiggle room there. And the Republican Party has always been a party that says, we need to make sure we have people that look and act like the people in their district. And I think we even see that on a national scale, right? A Southern Republican is different than a Northeastern Republican, which is different than a Western Republican. You know, this is an example I gave. I got to speak at Boys State on, on Saturday is that the Republican Party has always said the general principles that we subscribe to are promoting individual freedom, reducing the the smaller uh, scope of, of government, the, the better and more efficient it's going to be. And within that, you know, there's a lot of room to play, but that's the overarching goal. I sometimes joke that really the Republican Party is is independents who can organize. Uh, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, Republicans. I consider myself one who uh, have an issue or two that we differ from other people who are Republicans. And uh, and yet we can work together to push in that same general direction. I think especially in a contrast like in Vermont where the Democratic supermajority is the complete opposite direction. And it brings Republicans together. In sports, they talk about winning breeds more winning. Mm-hmm. Like at UVM, the, the men's basketball team and the yeah. women's basketball team a lot of times, they win so much that they can recruit better players because yep. they want to come because they're winning. Yeah. Does at the same time, does the reverse work is, is like if you're losing, you continue to lose because the, the national party says, hey, look, they're... You know they're not gonna they're not gonna win. They lose. They're, they're losing seats. They're going the wrong way. We're not gonna. We're not going to therefore contribute a bunch of money to Vermont. Mm-hmm. Does that has that followed? I I, th- I think that that principle is is in place. Uh, I but but I think it starts at home. Like I never have approached this that I'm waiting for the RNC to bail out the state of Vermont because the reality is if we can't get Vermonters to support the party and support our candidates then why should I ask people from Oklahoma and Texas to send us money? You know, So to me, that's one of the things I've been working on this year. It's one of the reasons we're doing some of these events locally because Vermonters, you know, conservatives in Vermont and people that don't like the direction that the Democratic supermajority ha- is going, we need your help in rebuilding uh, this party. And whether it means you know donating uh, to candidates and to the party, whether it means running for office, whether it means helping out, um, we we need people working together here on the ground, and as we do that, we'll attract more attention and more support from from outside the state as well. How concerned are you as the Vermont Republican Party chair? And by the way, the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open triple eight four one four zero three zero three. You got a question for Paul? Um, how concerning is it to you when you look at the, or how much of an impact does it have? What happens in Washington? Uh, you know, in in Washington, you just had. You talked about expungement by a caller earlier, talked about that. But also there was the move to impeach Biden, impeach Mm -hmm. President Biden. And you had two Republican congresswomen in a spat between them, Mm -hmm. whatever word you want to use. That might not sound right, but 
Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bob Bobert, who basically were at each other's throats in a, in a way over who got to be the first one to you know put the impeachment articles of impeachment out there, um, and then the chaos on the floor as they um, as they uh, had the uh, motion against um, Adam Schiff, yeah, yeah, condemning him on the floor for his actions, um, and there was just chaos on the floor. Mm-hmm. How how concerned are you about? what happens in Washington and its effect back here in Vermont. I, th- I think it's become a growing concern. The, the, the old saying used to be that all politics is local. And I feel like in the last three or four years, that's changed and all politics has become national. I mean, you probably ran into this when you were running for office. I know I did. People would ask you your position on national issues. It's like, I'm running for the state of Vermont. I don't vote on the defense budget of the U.S. You know, um, And so I think, it, and part of that is because where people are consuming their news, uh, there tends to be a uh, more people covering national issues and fewer people covering local issues. That's where the attention of the electorate is. And I do think that the Democrats have masterfully, and, and to their credit, uh, because when you talk to anybody from our delegation, they immediately tie Trump to extreme MAGA Republicans, and we've got to save the planet from these this this terrible thing. And then you turn on the TV and you see two Republican congresswomen mud wrestling to see who's going to be the first person to to impeach Biden, mm-hmm. not realizing that eighty percent of the country is just done with all of it. Yeah, and I think it does a disservice to this party. Uh, and and I think that 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 the Democrats have have really managed to uh, pull the Trump thing locally and it's working it mm-hmm. very well for them yeah yeah and uh then paul what do you so what message do you think the candidates as you are obviously are already engaging in recruitment efforts mm-hmm. um needs to happen early so you can get you know you can't beat somebody with nobody that's right so what are the what do you think are the big talking points that republicans need to center around in the 2024 elections in vermont to Increase their numbers in the legislature, in the House and the Senate, so that you don't have a governor who just gets his basically the other party is able to thumb their nose at him. Yeah, uh, you know, the, to me, as as I've been talking to people and and thinking about this, uh, you know, I, I think the the future of the party is going to be oriented around make you know an effort to create a state government that is more affordable more accountable and more flexible to its people to help them be protected and prosperous. Now that, that to me is the essence of what the Republican party is about. It, we've, it's gotta be more affordable. I went to, like I said, I went to Boys state on Sunday, right? So these are a lot of uh, juniors who are who are moving up to be a senior in the fall. And the things they were talking about were tax policy. Nobody can afford to buy a house. Like I had, you know, 16, 17 year olds telling me it's not affordable to live here. And if that's the message that our high school kids are getting now, no wonder they leave the state mm-hmm. for college. And even if they stay in state for college, they're leaving after that. It's it's a it's a pervasive thing. We've got to change the conversation and make Vermont more affordable. And Republicans have a solution, especially on the housing issue. Democrats, their solution to everything is just shoot the money gun at it. Just spend more money. We've got these housing conservation boards with hundreds of millions of dollars, but nowhere to spend it because we don't have the people to build the house. And it's impossible to navigate the permitting process. And those are Republican kind of solutions saying the government is getting in the way of us building the housing that we need. 
that makes it affordable, not quote-unquote affordable housing, which means subsidized housing, but building housing that is affordable. And so I think Republicans have an opportunity to talk about those things. Affordability, accountability, we're, we're creating more and more complicated programs. This whole thing with the heat, home heating fuel thing, we don't know what the program is. We don't know how we're going to design it. So we don't know what we're going to pay. And the more complexity you have, it encourages more corruption. This is It's really hard to cheat and, and to have a corrupt system when it's simple and clean and easy to understand. And we need policies that are flexible, that take into account all the differences that people have in Vermont, the way that they want to uh, you know, uh, uh, take care of their kids who aren't school age. Do, do we have to have everybody put their kids into a program? Like what's wrong with having, you know, helping you know, moms and, and dads who want to keep their kids at home during that time or want grandma to take care of them. Are we creating a policy that allows for that kind of flexibility? And I think that's the advantage that the Republican Party has. We've got to recruit candidates who can convey that message. Um, and I think that's our path to being successful in 24. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick two minute break and uh, Paul Dame's going to stay through the break. Uh, uh, he's the party chair for the Republican Party here in Vermont. You can always give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight one four oh three oh three. Call now because this is the morning drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the morning drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. We're continuing our discussion with Paul Dame, the Vermont Republican Party Chair, and uh, we'll go right back to the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline. Good morning. You're live on the Morning Drive. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, uh, good morning, morning. Paul. Uh, you mentioned that you are focusing more on Vermonters and locally, and I understand that concept, but at the same time, when I look at you know, what's been going on with the Democrats, and I see so much money that the Democrats are getting are from out of state. And if you look at, for example, Becca Balance's uh, campaign, she had millions of dollars pumped into her campaign from out of state. What efforts have you made on trying to kind of market Vermont to um, people out of state or organizations out of state to let them know like vermont is the petri dish for the rest of the country and you know vermonters don't have a lot of money (laughs) so i'm just wondering about both prongs attacking it with both prongs and what kind of efforts have been made thank you yeah uh well i uh, right now uh we're probably raising more uh money out of state than in state uh part of that is you know we've we've set up a broader digital marketing uh, fundraising system uh, because, quite frankly, we haven't had uh, as many Vermonters uh, supporting the Vermont Republican Party lately. Um, so it's something I put together uh, that we're we're doing that, able to to cover our expenses through uh, a broader digital outreach and talking about things that are happening in Vermont that that people got to be aware of could come to them. I think the home heating fuel uh, is something that if Vermont is successful in this. Other states are going to copy that, um, but but uh, it's funny. I go to some of these RNC meetings, and Maine thinks that they're the petri dish. Uh, California thinks that they're the petri dish, and, and they're right. You know, there's there's probably four or five states that are are like that. Um, uh, but but there, there's no substitute for uh, uh, to make that that message to to outside the state that that um, 
Vermont is a place that's worth investing in because our people are organized and and supporting it as well. And I, I think it's got to be both. The the more support that Vermonters put into the state party, the more leverage we're going to have to to show uh, other people around around the country that Vermont's a place where we can win. I think Governor Scott gives me a really good message to say, look, Republicans can win in Vermont. Um, we've just got to be better organized. We've got to we've got to do broader recruitment efforts, and I think we can be very competitive in in twenty four. But we've got to have people in Vermont uh, supporting that, right? If you're a, 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 somebody in in Texas or Oklahoma or Montana, uh, and uh, and you see that uh, not very many Vermonters are supporting their own party, then your question is like, why why should I support it as well? So it's it's got to start at home, and we can expand that. And the more that we start at home, the more leverage we'll have to reach out beyond. Paul Dame, the Vermont Republican Party Chair, if you got a question for him, give us a call. A few minutes left, 888-414-0303. Um, Paul, what, uh, do you think that Republican candidates should and will take advantage of the issue of Legis- the legislature trying to double their pay in this last session. Oh, absolutely! It, it creates such a uh, such a contrast and shows that the Democrat supermajority is so out of touch because they want you to pay more for your driver's license, you to pay more for your registration, you to pay more for your home heating fuel, you to pay more in your education tax, uh, you to pay more in your payroll tax, and then they're going to double their pay. And what it really has resonated with a lot of a lot of folks is the health care issue. Yeah. To just get Cadillac health care for a part time gig mm-hmm. is infuriating to I think a lot of people, whether they have health care through their employer or they're self employed and they're paying a lot of money every month, uh, to just arbitrarily toss that in like, oh, it's okay. Right. Right. I, I, yeah. I if think, you if you yeah. count the healthcare, did they really triple or quadruple their pay? Well, that's you know? exactly, and and that and that's the one that I've hung my hat on because I'm like, we've been killing ourselves as oh. Vermonters to pay for healthcare, uh, and if if you own a small business, you got to make that decision: do I pay in or do I try to have a plan or what do I do? Uh, and there's little things too that people don't realize. If you're a, a company that's headquartered out of state, say say in the mm-hmm. restaurant business. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can have a health care plan from wherever state they're headquartered, which yep. is significantly cheaper, and then offer it to their employees here in Vermont. Yep. So we don't even have a level playing field. And and they're just like, well, we're not going to worry about that. We're just going to give ourselves health care and move on to the next thing. And that I, I do think that that resonated with a lot of people. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I think uh, Bernie Sanders' Senate term runs out. Uh, mm-hmm. In twenty twenty four, yes. So I'm wondering if you, you know, I would love to see Christina Nolan run again, mm-hmm. but a, a stronger campaign, you know, kick it into higher gear earlier, uh, because I think she would have really given Welch a run for his money. Oh, yeah. uh, she may not have won, but she would have gotten out there, and would, and I think she would have garnered a lot more support. She could have got past the primary. But anyway, are you are you looking at anybody uh, to run for? Uh, uh, Bernie's uh, seat, and he may he may he may retire totally. So it might be a huge field. So I just wondering your thoughts on that. Good Thank question. Uh, Bernie is up in twenty twenty four, and uh, what do you do as a Republican Party chair? Do you say, you know what, this guy is 
phenomenally popular here, wins massive re-elections, was a candidate, a popular candidate for president, and we're just going to let second-tier candidate run? Or do you go all out and say, we need a big-name candidate to take him on? I think I'm always trying to recruit the best person possible, and I am not afraid of primaries. I think uh, if, if we have multiple people uh, running, uh, it, it shows, you know, it gives both candidates an opportunity to kind of work that muscle and uh and and try to find out what is the path to success uh and uh so you know there isn't anybody that i've kind of handpicked uh you know to run for that seat will kind of i think a lot of it will determine will be determined by whether or not bernie runs again i don't see anything to me that indicates he's not Uh, but if he decided he wasn't going to run again it would create an opening that i think would get a lot more people interested Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, I just joined this segment, so I'm not sure if this was addressed or not. I apologize. Does the Republican Party in Vermont have any political interest or clout in trying to change some of the voting laws that are in our state regarding the mail-in ballots, regarding local election ballots, and, and things of that nature? Is that something that could go on the platform? I think that would entice more people who are hesitant to vote if they knew that was being worked on. Thank you. Yeah, that's a it's a great question. I, I think uh, one of the things that we've seen happening at the national level that we are certainly looking uh, forward to be a part of is this new um, uh, new campaign to to bank your vote. You know, one of the places that Republicans really got um, bested by Democrats was uh, was early voting. Uh, and and I think part of that is because Republicans put their family and their work ahead of politics. And so a lot of Republicans who wait until Election Day to vote and then something comes up, your kids get sick. Uh, you're going to go home, take care of your kid and the voting, you know, might might not happen. Or there's some some disaster at work. You're responsible for it. You're going to stick there, stay there, make sure you get the job done. Uh, so I, one of the things we will be doing different for 24 is encourage people to to vote early. And you don't have to vote early by mail. Most uh, towns in Vermont allow for early in-person voting. So you can go to your town clerk's office the week before the election on a day when you know you've got time to do it. Uh, you can make sure that your vote is in there. You're going to physically hand it to the town clerk. Um, and so I think there's there's a couple of things that we can do to try to catch up with Democrats so that we're not behind when the polls open on Election Day. We we lost a race up in up in the islands. People that liked our candidate had their had their sign on their lawn and they just forgot to vote on Election Day. You know, and we lost that by seven votes or at least 20 people who meant to vote for that candidate, support them. But didn't get there on election day and in addition to that paul there's been some talk at least on a national level i've heard this on a national level that in regard to ballot harvesting Mm -hmm. where it's allowed that republicans are talking about that we're going to need to do the same thing harvest ballots which is different than that's where people go around and actually collect people's ballots and get them down to the yeah. town clerk's office i've never been a fan of that i have to be honest. yeah well and, and i think that's again a place where we 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 ceded territory to the democrats in 22 because republicans are uncomfortable with that process and see a lot of potential problems with it we just didn't engage in it and the reality is in a blue state like vermont to the extent that we've got to work within the laws that we have 
to win races to be able to change the laws. We can't make any changes while we're still in the minority. So we've got actually a committee that's going to start meeting tonight to look at what exactly are the laws? What are we allowed to do? What are we not allowed to do? Um, and so that we can put that information together in a more centralized way. They're going to have a report that will be done by uh, by the end of December to say, here's, w- here's where we're kind of falling short. A lot of people don't recognize that Republicans, uh, the Republican Party has the ability to appoint people to oversee elections and make sure that our party is represented uh, during that, that counting.